1: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic. And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Sunday night until 11 o'clock. If you want to get in, 215 592 9-4-9-4 Nine four nine four uh is how you do so. Uh, talking about the Sixers so far tonight, obviously a big win over the Bucs. And you know, not trying to downplay that win at all. It's a it's a good win. I mean, it's it's a it's a big victory in prime time uh against a really good team that had been incredibly hot. I mean, the Bucs have won, I believe the number was sixteen in a row going into last night. And, you know, the Sixers came back fourteen down going into the fourth. It looked like the James Harden in, of Houston, that the Brooklyn Nets traded for a couple years ago. And, yeah, it was incredible to watch. But when I look at this team we project moving forward, I don't believe that what we saw last night is something that the Sixers can can sustain and carry throughout a seven-game series against the Celtics or the Bucs. And if you want to get in here, two one five five nine two nine four nine four two one five five nine two nine four nine four. 215-592-9494, that's a question we've been asking. Did last night make you believe that, that this team, as constructed, can play with the Bucks or beat the Bucks or beat the Celtics in a seven-game series. I don't. I just think it's one of those things where they had a great night. And we've seen these kind of performances over the last five years, and it, you do get numb to it after a while. You know, watching the Sixers and seeing these kind of performances, but in the playoffs, it's just a different game. Like these series are grueling. These series are, are, are tough, and you need to do that every night. And the Sixers, their problem has never been the ability to on a singular night. Like they can. And last game specifically with Harden, I think Harden's kind of a microcosm of the team. That game was eerily similar to the Miami Heat series game 4 last year. Where you remember that game, Sixers down 2-1, Harden took over and Harden was was dominant down the stretch. Uh but then game 5 and game 6, he was nowhere to be found. And that to me is the huge problem for this team is yeah, it will happen. On, you know, individual nights. They can do it on individual nights. But they're not going to be able to do it against these teams throughout the course of a seven-game series. And I think a major part of it, a major problem, is the depth. Like, the Sixers just don't have the depth these other teams have. The Celtics, the Bucks, they go deep into their bench confidently. The Sixers are searching for seven or eight guys to play. That's a major problem. And I think Daryl Morey deserves more blame for it for not improving this bench at the deadline. That's something he could have done. He chose not to because he didn't want to give up picks down the line. And I think it's a big mistake considering the situation this team is in right now and the fact that this is a make-or-break year. So if you want to get on that, you're welcome to 215-592-9494. Our side topic tonight, an athletic family. I want an athletic family uh, from you. Uh, as last night, if any MMA fans are out there, John Jones made his long-awaited return, three years away, and a lot of questions whether he'd be rusty, whether he still had it, comes back and just runs through uh, this other guy who is incredible, uh, is a very good fighter, and dominated him in like two minutes. A uh, brother of Chandler Jones, brother of Arthur Jones, a very athletic family. So if you want to give me an athletic family tonight, uh, I'd love to get that from you as well. 215-592-9494. Let's go back to the phones. Go to our draft expert, Tony Wormister. What's up, Tony? Hey, what's up, man? How you been? Good. How you doing, man?
3: Everything is okay. I sent you a request on Facebook, and I also the show was uploaded that I just recorded. I wanted okay. you to see it. All right. I'll it, check it out, Tony. Definitely. It should be on my wall. Um, also, um, I know that we left off on the fourth round. Um, there's a couple of receivers that I would like to get. Remember, we traded back from the se- into the second round, and we had two second-round picks, mm-hmm. and they also gave us two fourths. Uh, with that fourth-round pick, I wanted Jaden Reed, wide receiver out of Michigan State. That second-fourth-round pick, I wanted Tank Dell out of um, the University of Houston, Beasters. Now, there's a couple other guys as a part plan B. One is called Parker Washington, wide receiver out of Penn State. And the other one is a wide receiver named Puka Nakua out of BYU. Those are my receivers, okay? Okay. Now, when you go into that fifth round, uh, there's two guys with the same name. You got a guy named Byron Young out of Alabama, defensive lineman, who's pretty good. Then you got an edge called Byron Young out of Tennessee. They're both top quality, top grade. So, With those fifth-round picks, you can steal one of them. Or there's a a cornerback man out of um, Iowa named Riley Moss. That guy is something to be reckoned with. And there's also a cornerback out of Kansas State. Can't remember his name, but he's another one that I got on my board. And also... Um, I want to save the other rounds for tomorrow Sounds for you because I know you're not on all, that often. Well, I'll be and, on
2: I'll be on the uh, overnight the next two nights, Tony. So if you're up okay. late, if
3: you're up late, all right. chime in. I got to check your schedule too, man, yeah, because man. I got to catch you when I can.
2: Yeah, well, I'll tweet out when I can, Tony. Did you want to give us a song tonight or no?
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely. All I right. know that I, I didn't get a chance to last time. I'm going to do um, The Lady of My Life by Michael Jackson. Okay. All right. There'll be no darkness tonight, lady of love will shine, light in the night. Just put your trust in my heart and meet me in paradise. Now is the time, girl. You're every wonder in the world to me. A treasure time won't steal away. Just a little bit, TK. There you go,
2: Tony. I appreciate oh, man. it, man. Okay. Thanks, Tone. Uh, have a good one. Nick, have you ever heard Tony's uh, vocal stylings before? He always likes the uh, when he calls in, he always likes to leave us with a song.
4: No, I have not yet. Wow. Pretty was, good, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Draft expert and singing expert. Yeah. I mean, look at that. The
2: guy does it all. Uh, he's got a. And so, many towns. I think his uh, site's called The Draft Dodger. So The Draft Dodger. Check it out. Good like, name. Yeah. Good name for, uh, for a draft website. So there you go. 215 592 9494. If you want to get in, let's go to uh, Zigman in Tampa. What's up, Zigman? Is it Zigman or Zigman? Ziggy, hey, Ziggy. What's up? Zigmon,
5: if you want to be, uh, okay, if you to be official. Okay. Zigmon, yeah. Well, first of all, let me say it's always great to hear uh, Irv from the Northeast. So that's always a treat to hear on the uh, the airwaves.
2: Yeah, I, but, uh, I, you uh, could well, spare well, me with his uh, his sauna stories, but yeah, I agree.
5: Yeah, well, I gotta say you handled it pretty well. <laughs> so it was, you know, you never know what you're gonna get. Right. But uh, he's a staple of the of the uh, channel, so you know, yep. got You got to take crunchy with the smooth.
2: Yep, no doubt.
5: So I definitely agree with your two premises with the Sixers. Like the win was definitely great to watch. You know, it was exciting Saturday night. You know, beating the uh, Bucks, breaking their win streak, whatever. But I agree. I don't think it really uh, really did too much to. Foster my confidence in their playoff run, um, but the point I wanted to touch on because you're talking about the bench being kind of lacking, which I definitely agree. They don't really have much coming off the bench. So outside of like the obvious disappointment with Ben Simmons, um, I think one of the bigger disappointments was Matisse Thybul and the way his development was just. I don't know what happened with that, and that's kind of what I wanted to have you touch on, like what your theory on him was. Because you know when he came in that rookie year, he was was played so great. You know he was shooting. You know not not super great, but his defense was. You know pretty much all NBA worthy. Um, and he just really fell off and just looking at, you know, where we are now, having him coming off the bench, if he was even able to just retain what he was, you know, it'd definitely be a big bolster. And I think that would really make a big difference in their playoff run. So yeah. I just really wanted to hear your take on that, and what you think happened to him.
2: No, yeah, man, it's a good point. And it's one that it's been frustrating with, the, with this organization because Thibel, I agree, when when he got drafted and we saw him play that first year, I thought he had like potential to be an all-star. You know, just his defensive instincts, the way he's a difference maker on that end of the floor. But he just never developed any sort of an offensive game. Uh, He regressed. Like, he never turned into a guy who could reliably shoot from three, which there's just no excuse for. Never developed any kind of off-the-dribble game or anything like that. And what frustrates me, Ziggy, is, like, this is what we've seen from this team for a long time, with like, look at the guys who they've drafted, and I think it's a big difference between them and teams like Boston and, and Milwaukee. Like, look at the guys the Sixers have drafted, who they've tried to develop: Corkmas, Shake Milton, like these kind of guys, you know, who you've you've seen at the beginning of their career, especially Shake, some promise, but then they've just never developed their game and kind of just fall off. And I think that that's happened with pretty much everybody except Maxie in this organization.
5: Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Well, I know um, Matisse, I don't think he was drafted under Rivers, but do you think that's a testament to Rivers as a coach and his ability to create his staff? Because you look at the team he's won with, you know, obviously that that Boston team, he won his only, I should say Glenn. Um, The team he won with was, you know, just all world. You know, they're an all-time team. And he obviously went to the Clippers, had a great team, didn't have very much success. But if you look at the teams he's coached and has had success with; they're not teams that he's developed. They're teams that have that have, you know, with with veteran players that are proven already in the league. And um, yeah, so I'm just curious, like, do you think that's a that's a river quality why Matisse never ended up developing? Because wasn't it a second year right off the bench he was second-team all-defense, which is kind of unheard of for a player off the bench to win a kind of honor like that, you know?
2: Yeah, and, and Ziggy, and I appreciate the call, man. Uh, thanks for checking in. And, yeah, I think I think there are a few things that go into it. Like, ultimately, I think Matisse Stiebel's at fault more than anybody else. Like, he's the player. He's the one who, you know, is at fault most, just like I would say Ben Simmons is at fault the most for him not improving. Matisse Steibel. I don't think made enough of an effort himself to improve his game, um, and it's a shame because I look at a guy like that, and what he does defensively. If he could just add a, a reliable three-point shot and just nothing else, I think his potential would be would be significant. Like, because um, he's an impact maker on on the defensive side. He's a guy who can make a difference for you, but again, he's a guy who's difficult to have on the floor. And that's why the Sixers traded him is is this guy just doesn't give you anything offensively. So I would put the majority of it on Thibel, but sure, you put a little bit on the coaching staff. I think that that's fair. And them not finding a way to utilize him properly. Um, he's, at, again, at fault for that as well, for not uh, developing a skill set uh, that, that, that really made it amenable to this roster. But, yeah, I think the coaching staff as well um, – bear some level of blame as as well and and one thing we know with Doc is he just never has really trusted young players uh, to, to to thrive and be critical parts of a team like Maxi's kind of been the exception and even with Maxi uh, the bring him off the bench thing just took way too long you know I, I would not have brought him off the bench for as long as Doc did uh, but yeah I mean he just trusts too much in veterans and and with Thbel yeah it's been frustrating. The fact that they just haven't been able to develop him uh, the way, or weren't able to develop him uh, the way that I thought they could have to 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 help make him, you know, a really important player in this league, because I think he has that potential from a defensive side, uh, but offensively, it just never came around for him. Think he's primarily at fault, but sure, I think it's fair to put a, a level of blame on the Sixers for. Not recognizing what they could really direct him to do and, you know, not putting the ball in his hands a little more and giving him uh, more opportunities. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Let's go to Al. uh has an athletic family for us. What's
6: up, Al? Hey, buddy. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Hell of a nice show. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Alright. First of all, you'll get a kick out of this. I'm originally from Bethlehem. I know Gus
2: you do okay there you go
6: he's a cantankerous old bugger
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to describe him al uh but we all we, we love gus i love talking to gus
6: oh yeah hey listen he makes it interesting Entertaining. I, I always get it kicker when he gets on because i know he's gonna raise hell yeah there you go all right the family let's start with the grandfather we'll start with them as a father he played for St. Joe's. He was a uh, mention for All-American all uh, McCaffrey. The father played for St. Joe's, my alma mater. Okay. His son, Billy McCaffrey, went to Duke and then transferred to Vanderbilt. Remember him?
2: I I, I do not remember him now. A little before my time, I
6: think. Okay. And then his other son uh, played uh, tight end in the NFL. You remember him? Ed McCaffrey? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I remember him. He's wide receiver for the
6: uh, Broncos. Yeah, and now his son, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, he's a great player. I mean, how far down the line do you have to go for athleticism? That's that's a damn
2: good one, Al. That's a lot of athleticism in one family right there.
6: There sure is. All right, partner, All thank right. you.
2: Take it easy, Al. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I don't go back to the previous generations of the McCaffrey family. And you, Nick, you probably don't even remember Ed McCaffrey. No, I. Yeah, I, uh, I mean,
4: is didn't he play wide receiver for the Broncos? Right? Yeah, he's wide receiver yeah. for
2: the Broncos. So, like, in um,
4: the nineties, I'll be honest with you, the only reason I know him is from Madden. There you go. I will be blatantly honest with you.
2: Would yeah.
4: you play with Ed McCaffrey and Madden? They had like legends in oh, like okay. the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah oh, but okay. no, no. I had, I had. There was a caller called in the other night, and he goes, "Do you remember in '93?" And I'm like, "Nope." I'm only 21. <laughs> well, there,
2: there you go, yeah. And thankfully you don't remember 93 because it was a kind of upsetting uh, World Series, but you saw upsetting World Series this year too, I guess. Uh two one five five ninety two nine four nine four if you want to get in. two one five five nine two nine four nine four. But I did want to um, get to the Eagles here. As more news came out regarding their coaching staff, we uh, obviously learned late last week, Uh, that the Eagles decided on Sean Desai to be their new defensive coordinator, Uh, comes from Seattle, originally from Chicago where he spent a long time coaching under Vic Fangio, coaching under Chuck Pagano, then took over as defensive coordinator, Um, then went on to Seattle for one year, was a consultant for uh, Pete Carroll, and gets the Eagles defensive coordinator job this year. And one thing that was notable about that was – How this is going to affect the rest of the coaching staff, because uh, one guy in particular who was in consideration for that defensive coordinator job was defensive backs coach uh, Denard Wilson. Now, uh, Denard Wilson, it appears, will be moving on. The reports are that the Eagles and Wilson have now mutually agreed to part ways uh, following the hire of Desai.
0: And I understand it like it makes sense. You wouldn't think the guy gets passed over for a job.
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Unless he's getting a promotion
2: of some sort that would make him want to stay, would want to stay and, and coach under, um, uh, under Sean Desai. So Denard Wilson now moves on. And this is something that is going to be uh, a, a situation the Eagles are going to need to deal with here as they lose coaches. They already lose Jonathan Gannon. They lose Nick Rouse, the linebacker's coach. And I don't care. Like, regardless of what you think of Gannon, you lose that many coaches. There's that much turnover. It's going to be a big adjustment. Here was Rose Rosen talking last week on the fact that, you know, change in the of the
1: team is yeah, I think obviously, you know, he's got an agent who handles his business. And I think for us, too, like, there's going to be change. And i um, not saying that not necessarily saying with that. Jason or, or BG, but there's going to be change. And um, part of this business is you have to be okay with change. And um, I think the leadership, those guys, those captains, when you talk about Lane and Kelsey and BG and Fletch, the guys who have been with us a long time, we had drafted, we had developed, we would give extensions to, like, that's special, you know, and obviously would have loved for them to come out with two world championships instead of one, but it doesn't take away that, you know, those guys have had tremendous success in Philly, and um, we're going to continue to try to make sure we have success by working hard and doing the right things for our team, and, um, you know, won't let up.
2: And we talking a lot about the roster there, but also that's applicable to the coaching staff and the fact that you're going to have a lot of turnover there as well. Now here was Nick Sirianni uh, prior to um, the, the hire of Desai. This was after the season. Here was Sirianni talking about the candidates for defensive coordinator and uh, his thoughts on how he wants to develop his
7: coaching staff. I'm obsessed personally because of the stock that people have put in me um, of how we develop our football coaches as well. Um, so, constantly want you know from from our position coaches to our coordinators all the way to our quality control coaches and assistant position coaches I want them involved in everything and I try to get give them things that help me throughout throughout the you know my career and that's my job as the head coach so with that Shane and, and Jonathan were successful not only because Shane and Jonathan are good football coaches, but also because they have good assistants and they have good people uh, working with them. And and so I feel like we have a lot of good in-house uh, options Um which is always going to be where where I start because you know that's that's just always kind of been how I've learned of you know grooming the people that you have and, and attempts for when this day happens that you're that you're ready to go but but we won't stop just there I mean we'll we'll look at every option um, to um, to make sure we're getting the the best the best people in here to help our team we're going to do what's best for the Philadelphia Eagles um, and so but I do believe we have great options in house.
2: So, oh, you know, Sirianni believed, yeah, as he said there, good coaches in-house. But in the end, the Eagles decided to go outside. And this is something that's going to be very interesting to watch moving forward. And I want to know if you were concerned about the amount of coaches leaving this coaching staff following uh, a Super Bowl caliber season. If you want to get in 215 because I am. I'm absolutely concerned about it. And it's not to say that this is a disaster and the Sixers or the Eagles aren't going to be able to overcome this, but I mean, again, like let's look back at 5 years ago and let's look back when things started to go wrong for Doug Peterson. And this is why we're going to I think next season see pretty definitively whether Nick Sirianni is really a better coach than Doug Peterson or not. Like whether he just had more talent or whether he's a better coach. Because when Doug started to lose those coaches and didn't replenish the coaching staff, you saw the cracks. You know, you saw things start to fall apart. You saw, saw you know, the the dents in the armor, so to speak, that kind of uh, uh, of was the beginning of the downfall of the Doug Peterson era. It wasn't, I don't think, the roster turnover nearly as much as it was the losing of the coaching staff. Like, losing guys like John Filippo, losing guys, obviously, Frank Reich, losing those kind of coaches, Doug never really replaced adequately. We'll see if Nick Sirianni can and how great of a coach he is because you lose Shane Steichen, Jonathan Gannon, Nick Rallis, Denard Wilson, all in the course of one offseason. I know Gannon's public enemy number one, and I know the defense has been blamed for a lot over the last couple weeks. You're losing a lot of coaches here. And this is a concern, and the Eagles now essentially have to – build an entire staff when most staffs are already built. You know, I don't know who Sean Desai knows, how he's going to fill some of these roles, uh, but this is a concern moving forward, and I want to know if you're worried about the Eagles losing all of these coaches from last year's coaching staff uh, because I am. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. And when we get back, I did want to talk about one coach who's being rumored to join the Eagles coaching staff. And this would be a massive mistake. So we'll get to that when we return. I'm Tom Kelly with you till 11 tonight. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Sunday night. If you want to get in 215-592-9494, this is how you join the show. I want your athletic families tonight. That's a, uh, a side topic that we're doing off the Joneses. John Jones making his... Long-awaited MMA uh, return last night, um, winning his fight after three years away in in a matter of two minutes. Uh, Brother Chandler Jones, Arthur Jones, so uh, your most athletic families, that's our side topic tonight. But also talking about the Sixers, uh, your feelings after the win last night. Does it change the outlook or, or, you know, how do you think this team stacks up with the Bucks and Celtics? I don't think they can do it over the course of a series. And, you know, I, I hate to say that. I hate to say, and I I wouldn't go as far as say it doesn't matter, but, you know, it, it, it stinks when you do have that kind of a win and you do feel like it doesn't really change how they project going into the postseason because that is all that matters with this team this year. It is. And, you know, for at least most fans, that's the end goal is this team needs to get out of the second round. And I think it's a depth issue more than anything else. Like, even if you look at Embiid and Harden and you disqualify the past and you take all that out of it, this team's just not deep enough. And I think over the course of a playoff run, you're going to need those guys playing 40, 45 minutes a night to beat Boston and and Milwaukee. And I just don't see it happening. So if you want to get on that, you're welcome to also the Eagles coaching staff. I think this is becoming a real concern here. As Denard Wilson leaves, I think it was pretty much a foregone conclusion following... Uh, him getting passed over for the defensive coordinator job. Sean Desai gets hired. He's going to obviously want to bring in his own guys. But you look at this coaching staff and feel however you want about Gannon, feel however you want about the coaching staff. They did a good job, okay? Like, obviously, the Super Bowl didn't go well. The criticism over the last couple weeks has been way over the top. Like, the coaching staff overall this season did a good job. That was a good defense. Now you're losing Gannon the linebackers, Coach Rallis, uh, Denard Wilson from the secondary, and then obviously Shane Steichen on the offensive side. This is a lot of work for Nick Sirianni. Now we're going to see how good of a coach Nick Sirianni is moving forward and how good of an evaluator he is of of other coaches. Like This is now the task that has been set in front of him and Howie Roseman to rebuild a staff, and let's face it, this is the spot where Howie failed as well a few years ago. When the Eagles started to fall apart under Doug, I think it was more than anything because of the coaching staff losing those critical pieces, um, and it's got to be a concern when you look forward at all the guys the Eagles are losing this offseason. season. 592 9494 In a minute, we'll get to a name who's being rumored to join the coaching staff. First, so let's go to John in New Jersey. What's up, John?
8: Hey, what's going on, Tom? Uh, first of all, let's talk about Gus. Uh, you know, I enjoy when Gus calls in because uh, most hosts go at it with him, and he, he talks basketball. Now, I, I'm, I'm not going to agree with all those points. Basically, you know, he said is the best point guard in the NBA right now. I mean, basically, Luke is the point guard for Dallas. I mean, yeah. you know, he had Brunson last year, but uh, and you got John Morant. And even, even uh, Jalen Brunson at a young age, you know, I, I might want to have him go forward Signing him to a big deal compared to an older Harden. Yeah, John.
2: <laughs> John, no, but, yeah, and, and I'll let you finish. But yeah, I mean, I, and I'll tell you what, John, I was wrong about Brunson. Like I thought, I thought the Knicks were spending bad money. I thought they were way overspending on him. But he's a hell of a player, and sure, I mean, I don't think I, I don't think there are many people out there who would rather have Harden moving forward than Jalen Brunson. I watched him again
8: in the, in the gold medal game for the under nineteen USA against Croatia. Had have Brunson on that uh, team, they they would have lost the gold medal. So I, I knew he could play back then. And then watching him in Villanova, but it, it, it's all about the athleticism. And the same thing with Jokic, Luca, you know, Stephen A. Smith going crazy. How could you want to take him? How could you uh, uh give Jokic the MVP and play defense? But it's not the Luca and Jokic. They've never, they've never played with an all-star. You know, uh, Luca finally got Kyrie, but he's only going to have him for 20 games. So you really can't judge him. Coach mm-hmm. has never played with an all-star. But he finally has some athletes around him now. They, they picked up Reggie, uh, Reg, Reggie Jackson. They got uh, Claude Lopo. They got that guy Brown from the Nets. So he finally got some athletes around him. And, uh, you know, if you look at Harden's, uh, Harden's statistics, just look at that. Forget about what he's doing in these games. And, and the Yang, if you look at his stats, uh, he played with a Jazz. He, he he's a regular season playing with a Jazz, but they didn't play him at all in the playoffs because they knew he would get exposed in the playoffs. The Sixers would be better off right now, even though he had that big game last night in the Yang, is to start putting Cork back in the lineup because at least he, he has some hops to him where he can If you help off them, they get wide open threes for the other guys. See that, that that'll work in a regular season, but like like you said, uh, if you look at hard statistics, right? He uh-huh. had three years of shooting forty seven percent in the playoffs. You look know, just put, punch up a statistic. He's 405, 406. four oh six. Two years of thirty seven point six. So the pressure going to be on him. So. At 34 years old, by them not getting a back of point guard, it's really going to hurt him. But he's got to play 45 minutes. He's got to give you 27 and 12 for the Sixers to have a chance. You know, last night, every time that was a great game, he had 40 to shoot. Did he shoot 10 for 26, Tom? Uh,
2: you know what? I- I'd have to look at the numbers exactly, John. I'll... Yeah, I- it's, 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 just, it's almost
8: one out of three shots. Right. I mean, he had a great game. He had a half-court shot. But if he didn't have end there hitting those threes, you know, uh, well, like I'm saying, yeah, man can't be on the right. playoff roster. If no. you're better off, even though Cork-Boz is horrible, he's got some athleticism to him where he can do reverse yeah. dumps. He, 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 can, he can hit those threes in the end
2: right now, too. Yeah, no, John, uh, I, and I appreciate it, man. You were cutting out a little bit. I, I, sorry, i got to let you go. But yeah, I mean, good points, and I think it's true. Like, I totally agree. And I, I know it sounds weird to say that a night after George Yang hits five threes and six, and scores 16 points, but this—he's not a guy who can play in the playoffs, and I don't think—I don't think we factor in enough how much different regular season basketball is than postseason basketball. It is a completely different sport, and it's why you have a guy like Ben Simmons who looks—you know—and now I just think he's mentally broken, and it's sad to watch, honestly. But you think back to Ben Simmons. There's a reason why Ben Simmons was this great regular season player that was just not very useful in the playoffs because it's just a different style of basketball. Like, you're going against teams who are specifically strategizing against you every single night. They know your weaknesses inside and out. Like, coaches do scout work during the regular season, but they're not spending all of their time looking at every single way they can exploit you. In the playoffs, it's different. And teams will look at a guy like George Yang... And it's not that hard. Like he 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 can't defend. He can't he can't guard anybody. They're going to search him out every single time down the floor. And when you're playing against a team like Boston or a team like Milwaukee with just athletes all over the place, you can't hide a guy like that. Even a, a guy like Seth Curry, who I thought was incredibly valuable for the Sixers 2 years ago. Atlanta in game 7 they were hunting him every time down the floor. Remember Kevin Herter had that incredible Game 7? It's because he, they were going after Seth Curry. In In the playoffs, it's very difficult to hide guys like that. And the problem the Sixers have is they need Niang shooting. So they need him on the floor, but he can't defend. In the playoffs, you can get away with it. Or in the regular season, you can get away with that. You can't get away with it in the playoffs. And that's where I think John makes a good point. And this is where I do think you can hold Doc accountable. And I think Doc failed last year where, you know, Doc should be using the regular season to get ready for the playoffs. That's what it is. You use the regular season, especially this portion of the regular season, the last few weeks to get ready for the playoffs. Because in the end, these games don't matter all that much. It's about having your guys ready to play when you need them. And I thought it was the biggest place Doc failed last year where banging your head against the wall in the last few weeks of the regular season playing DeAndre Jordan when you should have been playing Paul Reed. And I'm not telling you Paul Reed's great. I'm not telling you Paul Reed is like, you know, some kind of cure-all. But you know, you have enough evidence to know at this stage of DeAndre Jordan's career, you can't play him in the playoffs. You just can't do it because teams are going to take advantage of him. And they're going to cook him. And that's exactly what happened. And then Doc goes to Paul Reed in the playoffs. And shockingly, Paul Reed doesn't look great because you weren't playing him in the regular season. He doesn't have that kind of experience. That's where Doc's at fault. And that's why Daryl Morey, it all goes back to Morey, man. Like, Morey should have moved on from Doc after that series, had a coach who would look at the bigger picture. And that's always been my biggest thing with Doc. I don't think Doc is a terrible coach, but I think he lacks foresight. Um, especially you know, in getting ready for the postseason, I think there's uh, it's not a coincidence that his teams fail in the postseason as much as they do. It's because he doesn't prepare them pop properly during the regular season for those moments. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, but I did want to mention this, to the Eagles, because we're talking about the coaching staff, and I saw a report on um on Twitter on Sunday that I'm praying is is wrong. And this was from uh, Karen Garegian, I believe is how you pronounce her name, Uh, Patriots columnist for the Boston Herald. And she says she's hearing that Matt Patricia has a chance to land with the Philadelphia Eagles on the defensive coaching staff, presumably as a linebackers coach. And I'll just say this, like, you know, as, as we're talking about Nick Sirianni and the next task in front of him, to fill out a coaching staff and to hire uh, the right people, this doesn't inspire a lot of confidence, Nick. Like, Matt Patricia uh, would not be a coach I'd look to bring in. Uh, So basically, he was in New England, gets cooked in Super Bowl 52. This would be bad. Gets the Lions coaching job. His players basically uh, have a mutiny and demand for him to be fired, one of which was Darius Slay. Yeah, that's it.
4: That's yeah. it. Bringing a guy who had a literal fight and verbal argument with his player Darius Slay. Yeah,
2: that's it. And then he gets fired. And then I don't know what Belichick was doing last year, giving the offense to Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. I mean, that was oh. like a, an unbelievable decision. Oh, my decision. gosh. But, uh, yeah, don't bring in Matt Patricia. Please like don't. Anybody else. Matt Patricia. Is- Tom, what's the, what's the the what's the
4: connection there? Like, what... Like, is there like a coach that coached with him in like Detroit or like, 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 if like, if like you
2: had the guess, like, what is, what is tying him to Philadelphia? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'd imagine that if he's coming in on the defensive side, that he has some kind of tying to Sean Desai. I don't know what it would be. I mean, Desai was in Chicago when Patricia was in New England. Yeah. So I wouldn't think there's connection, but I mean, there's probably something, but. Hopefully this is just a false rumor. Hopefully this isn't. I hope so. Yeah, I really do. Hopefully this is something the Eagles aren't considering, aren't considering doing. Because if people are are freaking out about Jonathan Gannon, I mean, at least Jonathan Gannon had a bad Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes. Matt Patricia had a bad Super Bowl against Nick Foles. Like that one would be much more frustrating. Yeah, I would understand Patriots fans, uh, you know, being upset with Patricia after that Super Bowl much more than Eagles fans being upset with Gannon after this one.
4: Yeah, but it is. I mean, like, I get it that they're all like professionals, but it's going to be a little bit awkward if they bring, it. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like, you know, you're like the coach that we wiped the floor with yeah. in 2017. Yeah, I think it would be a bad idea. Yeah. Just put it that way.
2: 215 592 9494. John Brandon, you guys will be up right after the break. Want your athletic families tonight? Talking about that off of uh, John Jones. Return last night, uh, brother of Chandler Jones and Arthur Jones. Most famous athletic families, uh, also Sixers um, and Eagles. How worried are you about the coaching staff? I am. They're losing a lot of coaches. This is when it went south for Doug. Nick Sirianni's got to make sure he builds that coach uh, coaching staff back up uh, in an adequate way. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Sunday night. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. I hope everybody enjoyed their weekend this weekend. Uh, I had a, a very good weekend, a very nice day yesterday, celebrating my son's second birthday. Uh, he turned two on Thursday. Um, had a little family party for him yesterday. Uh, he got a lot of presents. He had a... a a birthday cake, which he enjoyed very much. Uh, he's a big fan of Toy Story, Nick. So he had a Toy Story cake, a Toy Story-themed party. Uh, so he, he had a great time with his second birthday. So Can't go wrong with Toy Story. No. Are you a Toy Story fan? I love Toy Story. Really? I thought that
4: would be before your time, too. Uh, the first one was. The second one was not. Okay.
2: Yeah. Are you, gonna, are, are you excited for Toy Story 5? No.
4: No. No? No. Tom, it gets to a point when these movie series should just stop just stop you're starting to ruin it you're just start like tom are you a uh, not to make the obvious choice here in the city of philadelphia but are you a rocky fan yeah yeah i'm a fan okay. of rocky movie okay they should have stopped after about 4
2: yeah 4 yeah. they did they did what 6 uh
4: i i i don't even know they turned it into like uh, balboa and then his like kid and the, oh. oh the creed
2: the creed movies are good though the creep movies are. Oh are no, I'm really talking
4: good. about that middle ground, right. like between the originals and then that like.
2: Well, Rocky Five sucked. That's like unanimously the one that everybody hates. Yeah. Uh, then the Rocky Balboa movie was oh, not yeah. great.
4: That's what I mean. Okay. It gets to a point where these movies should just stop
2: making movies. I well, I, speak for yourself because I am a big fan of Toy Story Three and Toy Story Four. I've seen all of them. I can. You really like four? Yeah.
4: Oh, Big fan. No. I do, think that should top at three. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, but I'm, uh, yeah. I, I, I memorize these movies. I've watched them billions of times over the last year. Or so, uh, yeah. But happy birthday to my son who turned two the other day. So he enjoyed his party yesterday quite a bit. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, uh, are you worried about the Eagles losing coaches from this coaching staff and uh, rebuilding? I am. Also, Sixers win against the Bucs. Uh, does that make in a seven-game series? And your most athletic families, getting those from me tonight uh, as well if you want to get in. two one five Let's go to Brandon in Hanover. What's up, Brandon?
9: Yeah, Tom, let have two points on two of your issues here, the Sixers. Yeah, that was a nice win last night, Saturday, Milwaukee, primetime, nationally televised. I I thought there was no chance they'd win the game down by 15-18, to 18, but I'll say this. I'm not going to say it's a fluke, but, but they... Even when Jamel, Jalen McDaniels is having a prominent role in the game and, you know, George Niang, I tend to not put a whole lot of stock. Jalen McDaniels had a huge, had three important free throws in the game. Giannis fouled him there late. So I, it was good for the Sixers. Now, I would say big picture in the playoffs, I think they're losing to both teams, Milwaukee and Boston. For whatever reason, even going past back the last two, three years, the Sixers give Milwaukee problems. They play them tough. So six seven games, I could see that going six seven, but still Milwaukee winning. But I think they get swept by Boston, honestly. The the Sixers have not shown me in any way they that's just not a good matchup at all.
2: Well I I think well the thing is, Brandon, like I watch the Sixers and, and I don't see them getting swept because I watch the games like we watched against the Bucs in the game we watched last week against Celtics. I think they probably do lose in sixth to all these teams because they can do it a couple times. Like, they can do it every few games. The problem is, you know, they can't do it every night. And, the, and with the Sixers, the issue, and this is why the depth is such a problem, because you need to be able to win at least one of those games per series when Embiid and Harden are off. Because there are going to be some nights when they just don't have it and the state the bench is in, they're unable to do that. Like you look back at that series last year, Miami won a couple games when Jimmy Butler struggled because they have depth on that team. They got contributions from Struess and Vincent, and guys like that. The Sixers don't have that. So, so unless Harden and Embiid are just phenomenal every single night, they they just don't stand a chance.
9: Yeah, that's for sure. I just, I I think they can make it a series with Milwaukee. But like I say, I. I just don't think Boston's a good matchup at all for them for some reason. And they I don't know if I see them winning a game there. As far as the Eagles, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm also concerned about the turnover. It's not that I'm not. It'll depend on the, the hires these guys bring in. But I am going to give the organization the benefit of the, of the doubt. Uh, I, I think they can overcome all these changes, but it is a lot of change. I can't, not only in player turnover, but coach turnover, that defense could really have some issues.
2: Yeah, no, year. I hear you, so. Brandon. Yeah, man, I appreciate your call. And, yeah, I mean, I think they can overcome it, but it's a concern, and, and it's, it's a concern more than anything, like I said, because of what we saw with Doug. Like, that was when things started to fall apart a little bit for Doug Peterson, is they didn't replace the coaches adequately. You lose Reich, you lose D. Filippo. You know you basically just promote uh, Mike Gro, and you don't replace those coaches. That's a problem. And now, regardless of what you feel about the defensive side of the ball, um, and how they were coached, I thought they were coached pretty well. I thought Jonathan Gannon had a bad Super Bowl. Happens against Patrick Mahomes. but you're gonna have a lot of turnover from a, a roster standpoint. You're not gonna have a lot of, st- of turnover from a coaching standpoint. Uh, it is something that does worry me moving forward about how they're going to rebuild this coaching staff. 215 592 9494. If you want to get in, 215 592 9494. Are you concerned about the Eagles rebuilding the coaching staff? Uh, we will talk, uh, we'll reset the Sixers as well as uh, they beat the Bucks and whether that gives you confidence they can beat Milwaukee or Boston in a seven game series. I want your athletic families as well. And also, when we return, we will talk about the Phillies. Uh, and why there is a lot of concern right now down in Clearwater, Florida about the Phil's most promising young prospect. That's coming up next. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports
1: Radio 94 WYP. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild.